Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, wherever you may be. Wow. That was super loud, huh? That's very exciting. The music came in loud. Uh, hello, and thank you for listening. Uh, we're we're enjoying our new studio. How do you like the studio? Oh, it's amazing. The lighting that we have here, phenomenal. It's very cozy. You, I feel you, much more you squealed like a young person when you when you saw the light. I did. I was like, light. oh, this is great. It's perfect. It's a uh, it's stunning, is what it is, and it's beauty. But uh, we're still working out the kinks. Thank you, dear listener, for putting up with our transition from our old home in wsradio.com to our new home here in Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, and uh, Clarice, you have to say it that way, Master Certified Coach, um, uh, bringing you each and every week uh, the great minds in professional coaching or people just doing something interesting right here on The Coaching Show. That other voice is Clarice Connolly. Tell the people who you are. Yes, I'm a women's empowerment coach in my third year and a graduate of Accomplishment Coaching, and I... You can be, you can find me. I can be. You can be. <laughs> you can so be excited. too. Empoweringwomen.coach is where you can find me. I remember my first time talking. It's very exciting. It's been time. like a month and a half. I'm like, how do I do this again? <laughs> right. It's funny, isn't it? Uh, okay. So uh, let's talk about a few things. So I went to Pittsburgh. We're going to have people from the ICF Midwest Conference on yep. this here Working program. On that. Future notes. Working on it, meaning you haven't done it yet? Meaning I've sent all the invites. So uh, that's so concerning i send all these invites and i uh-huh. don't get anything back so then i kind of have to like go into stalker mode and keep sending invites like come join us we're really great it's so much fun it is it is do you, um, do you ever get people who are uh people who are just a no like no thanks i it's not often um i either get the silent treatment where they just ignore that i sent an email mm. and then you know i've got my first no which i i kind of got caught off guard really yeah who was it tell us uh, I don't know if I can tell that. You I, you tell. know, everyone has their own opinions on how we uh, run our show here, so I, I, I respect that. Was it me or was it you? I would probably say it's definitely you. It's <laughs> definitely your humor. <laughs> I, everybody loves me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry about that person. And here's my advice to you, my dear listener: if you are ever contacted to be on a, well, really any kind of program, unless it's you know some sort of a, you know hate group uh, go because you know it's publicity we'll talk to you people will find out about you and now that person will will never be known i know it's a bummer they're really great what else do we need to talk about that is kind of a bummer let's see if we can bring it up here before we bring our first of two guests on today we're going to talk about spirituality in a lot of ways and um uh, with sort of experts and geniuses which is really cool uh what uh, what else do we need to talk about conversation among masters that conference happened Mm -hmm. we're gonna uh, have people from that place including the beautiful and brilliant julio alaya um we got some acto and we're gonna have uh the association of coach training organizations yeah we're gonna have hallie mcnab join us she's the president she's she's all about inclusion diversity and equality right Mm -hmm. shaking people up over there Mm -hmm. because Here's the real truth. Uh, coaching doesn't look like the rest of the world yet, does it? Right. Sure doesn't. And she's going to be joined by Michelle Aiken. So that's going to be a really great combination. Talk about ACTO. I guess we'll get some good people on a different show. What? <laughs> Just kidding. I kid because I love and because I'm judgy. Uh, 
what else do we need to say? We need to say accomplishment coaching. If you're looking for the world's finest coach training program, if you're going to do your training one time and make it count, check out accomplishmentcoaching.com. We have been involved with accomplishment coaching for a long time, and accomplishment coaching uh, has been around for a long time now in its 18th year of being an ICF-accredited coach training program. It's been designed from the very beginning to be the world's finest coach training program, and they don't mean it as hyperbole. It's really true. The number of hours coached, the number of hours coaching, the number of hours being observed and rated, the number of hours uh, there's training in in your business, there's support for your business, an entire back office at your disposal. There's... um, more books, more movies, more uh, tools, more tools. tools than any other training organization, and more hours. So mm-hmm. you're going to get the best training in the world by design uh, at Accomplishment Coaching. Where are they located? In five cities. Or is it six? It could be six. Go. Five cities in the U.S., but then one in, in Canada. This is not good radio. <laughs> Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, and Seattle, Washington, San Diego, California. Uh, New York City, and then we are also in Washington, D.C. and Chicago. Nice job. You did it. All right. <laughs> check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com. Anybody else we need to? Oh, Accomplishment Media. While you're um, while you're looking around, Accomplishment Media will be launched when? In August. Mm-hmm. So uh, in next week, essentially, uh, whenever you're looking around for more information, more podcasts, more quality uh, information and stuff you can use, check out accomplishmentmedia.com. Uh, ready to dive right in, or is there? It's been a long time since we've seen each other. Anything you want to catch up on? Uh, oh no, I'm okay. Well, let's just dive in because I'm really excited. I do. For these I do guests. think we were talking about. Uh, I like to keep you on your toes, and I want to have some new variety and talk about people doing some really great things all over the world. All right, and you don't want to talk about your relationship because no. when last we talked, you were just no. dating somebody, and it was getting serious. <laughs> it's always been serious, and it's. A great relationship. <laughs> We're dead serious. Oh, it's still going. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Anything you want us Long to know? Time running. No. Anything you're challenged by in particular? Um, I'll let you go after this. <laughs> just answer one. Just uh, one. Just one. You know, uh, there's a lot of challenges. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> I love it. I love relationships. I love other people's relationships. There's actually nothing more entertaining than other people's relationships. <laughs> Our own, not so much. Um, all right. I am delighted, excited to talk to our first person. Our first guest today is Dina Miriam, a true polymath and a multitasker. She serves on the Coexistence Initiative to develop greater awareness. I just knocked into my microphone because <laughs> I'm ridiculous. Stop. Let's start over. She serves on a Coexistence Initiative to develop a greater awareness of the need for coexistence training as an essential component of the education system. You know how committed I am to education, right? Mm-hmm. So I love her already. Mm-hmm. Uh, her work with a New York-based organization called the Community Literacy Program involves organizing the largest anti-violence program in the U.S. She has uh, written extensively about the arts for 15 years. She's just an extraordinary human being, and we're delighted to welcome her. She's got an MA from Columbia University, has served on the boards of Harvard University Center for the Study of World Religions, the International Center for Religion and Diplomacy, the Dharma Drum Mountain Buddhist Association, among others. Considers herself a resident of the world, but joins us today, I believe, from New York City. Hello, Dina. Hi. Um, Unfortunately, I'm happy to be here, but we have a very poor network connection, so I may have to ask you to repeat some some of what you say. I'm so sorry. Nobody needs to hear my voice more than once. Um, (laughs) Let's start with um, the Global Peace Initiative of Women, gpiw.org. What's your involvement there, and what is it? 
what does it exist to provide? Well, I, I, I founded the organization about 20 years ago um, when I saw the need or, or the opportunity for women to, to really uh, contribute in terms of uh, building dialogue in conflict areas. But since then, it's, it's well beyond that. Uh, and um, it's, it's men and women equally engaged now addressing critical issues like climate change, um, state of the environment, things like that. So it began with a group of women, but really expanded um, beyond beyond that now. And what's the uh, what do you do with it, with that organization, and what can we do with it? What how can we participate? Well, we we organize a lot of um, dialogues. We have been doing a lot of work around the world, but now we're focused on the U.S. We've done dialogues on racial healing here. We, we're doing dialogues with young people, raising awareness of the environmental issues and climate change. Um, so the best way is just to check the website, which is uh, gpiw.org, which stands for the Global Peace Initiative of Women. Um, and and re really, the, the, the purpose of the organization is just to raise awareness uh, and to bring spiritual resources to some of the critical problems that we're facing locally, nationally, and globally. So that's gpiw.org. I think there was a little glitch in our connection. Uh, I also am hugely delighted and committed to young and developing leaders. What's the work that GPIW does with younger leaders? Say that again? Young leaders. GPIW does work with young leaders, upcoming leaders? Young, yeah, we work with young, young leaders. I mean, the... Young, young is a relative word. <laughs> um, we started working with people in their, uh, who were just at the early stages of their, their professional uh, careers in their 20s, mm. now in their 30s into their early 40s, uh, focused on environmental issues, really. Either peace building, uh, you know, creating dialogue between communities where there's tension, or working on um, to raise awareness of, of uh, environmental issues. Um, we see these people as the leaders of the future, and it's their future that's at stake here. Mm -hmm. We found that a lot of younger people are are really uh, very uh, focused on the changes in the climate. Mm -hmm. They know that it's going to affect their future uh, and the environmental decline, and uh, they they're frustrated and don't know how to bring this to greater national attention. So we try to build networks with them and get them engaged at a local level. Uh, so they can see how they can be constructive in raising awareness of these issues and in making change, changing behavior, changing attitudes. Um, many, many, um, many things have to change as we move into more sustainable ways of living. And first has to be in our mindset and, and the way we think before we can really change our behavior. So it's really dealing with attitudes and consciousness how to raise people's consciousness of what it means to live sustainably in harmony and respect in a respectful way with the rest of the natural world. Where, yeah. where are you based? <clears throat> Pardon me. Where are you based out of? Based in, based in New York. Mm -hmm. um, but we do a lot of work globally, but, but also around the country, mm -hmm. um, you know, the South and the West, we've done a lot of work in California, Northern California, organizing dialogues uh, with people out there. So so we, we work everywhere, but we're based, our offices are in New York, in Manhattan. What would you say are some and, of the things? That's where, go ahead. That's where I am now, sitting in Manhattan, but we're having a, 
we're having a, a torrential rainstorm and that may be what's causing the problem with the connection. Indeed. Thanks for being uh, with us. I'm uh, not wanting to cut you off, but I want to uh, talk more about the spiritual work that you're involved in. So you've been involved since the 90s about the uh, in interfaith movements. You served as the vice chair of the Millennium World Peace Summit of Religious and Spiritual Leaders held at the United Nations in New York. What drew you to that work, especially given that you'd done uh, other stuff prior to that, including uh, implementing global communications programs and the executive editor of Sculpture Review, and you've written books on art? No, I, I, my, my life has always been centered around my spiritual practice. Mm. Um, I found my Ananda when I was 20, and so I began a, a meditation practice when I was very young. But uh, I got divorced and had to raise two kids, so I went to work uh, in my family's uh, firm, which was a communications firm, and got involved in, in, in uh, journalism, art journalism, various things. And then I had the opportunity uh, working with the UN to organize this big religious summit in two, in 2000. And I had really stepped away. I mean, I wasn't interested in organized religion, but I was found myself in this position. And it was um, very helpful because I had always been rather shy and saw myself as just kind of a private yogi doing my own meditation, not not uh, really involved in the um, out, outer religious world or inter interfaith world. And the interfaith work was really just growing in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, and so I found myself in this position, and the first thing that was brought to my attention was that there were there were very few women leaders uh, at at a, at a high level in any of the religious organizations. And so this summit at the UN had very few women. Um, the women were very unhappy and came to me and said, "We want another summit that can really give a voice to to women spiritual teachers and religious leaders." And so we did a second summit um, at, at the UN in Geneva the Palais des de Nations, and uh, that was very successful. And we began to get calls to come to conflict areas to help organize dialogues. And that's how this work really began. And I saw that that the problems that we face as a world community are really spiritual in nature. Mm -hmm. um, you can't solve the problems just by putting Band-Aids on them. You have to go to the root cause. Um, and a lot of the root cause is due to this kind of domination mentality. One religion is better, one nationality is better, we're superior to the other uh, uh, living forms of nature. Mm -hmm. So how do you change the mindset of, of people and, and come into a more um, loving and equal way of, of living the rest of the humanity and, and other species? So this is, was really the foundation of the work, and I felt that women had a special role to play. And I found that women, and I, and I go through this a little bit in my book, have difficulty finding their voice and feeling confident that they have a great deal to contribute. And so it, the work began really helping women uh, create a platform so that they could have a voice uh, spiritually, environmentally, and all the issues that we're facing today. And that was the, the beginning of the organization. As I said, now we're, it's men and women equally balanced because what we're really seeking is a balanced society um, in, all, in all respects, having all parts of humanity have equal voice to guide the future forward. I love that because I can hear how spiritual centered you are. And I hear the polar, polarization too. Like I always hear that there's like, the spiritual and the woo-woo world and then there's like the business 
brass tacks, patriarchy. So in your experience, have you been able to integrate into your work both the spirituality and business? And how do others kind of take that initiative to create both and the balance and the harmony that you're speaking of too? Well, I, I've been fortunate because um, my my father, who founded the, the company, um, had a second career in the art world as an art photographer. And so he very much endorsed following your passion. So he was the one who got me involved in this because he was close to Kofi Annan when Kofi Annan was secretary general in organizing the religious summit at the UN. He knew of my spiritual interests. And so he encouraged me to create the Global Peace Initiative of Women and to keep my business life as a way of earning money. So I was very lucky that I didn't have to, I didn't have to earn money through my spiritual work, which I know a lot of people do have to do that. And I was able to keep them separate. I was able to, to, to my father's company, working for arts organizations, working for nonprofits, working on environmental, uh, environmental organizations, work that I could feel good about, and yet spend my time dialogues and over the time over time I began to spend more and more of my time working with the nonprofit the global peace initiative of women and so I spend a great deal of my time today continuing to, to organize dialogues I'm, I'm on my way to Russia to see if we can organize some some coming together of the spiritual communities in the US and Russia so I continue to respond to what the need of the moment is I have flexibility that way um, and, I'm, and I'm grateful that I have another source of income, which is my family business um, that enables me to do a lot of the spiritual work without, without uh, any kind of charge. As long as it's not Russian oligarchs, we're good, right? The, um, as long as it's not what? It's not Russian oligarchs, we're fine, we're good. The, it's the oh, source of no. income, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks. I'm uh, you looking know, for the spiritual community there. I have no idea if I'll find them. <laughs> Actually, I hear that yoga is, is quite quite popular in Russia now, and there's a lot of interest in Eastern spirituality. Really? Uh, so a lot of yoga teachers I know have been going there uh, and having great success, and they say people don't want to talk about politics. It's like they just you know cross it out. They just want to pursue their spiritual interests. So I'm curious to see what will emerge. Interesting. Don't know. <laughs> uh, any any updates on China? Anything we know about spiritual uh, growth in China? Yes, we've you know we've been doing these dialogues with young ecologists around the world, and we had three delegates from China. Uh, actually, they were um, very serious Buddhist practitioners, and they asked if we would come organize a dialogue with young people in China. And uh, I was hesitant because I you know I. I um, you know, I just didn't know how we'd be received. I said, can you find the people? Are there people like you? And they said, oh, yes, there are a lot of young people who are passionate about the environment and also very serious meditation practitioners. So we're exploring that uh, possibly for next year uh, to bring together young people. And I think that would be uh, very interesting to tap. You know, you can't, you can't, t the, the what happens at the political level, as we know here in this country, is very different from what's happening at the grassroots. And I think you have to go to a place, you have to find the people to really know what's happening in terms of the spiritual movements of what's going on. And I think that what's happening at the spiritual level will filter up. Things begin on the ground among, among grassroots um, uh, networks before they materialize at, at the more visible level within political uh, organizations. I'm so... so I think it's very important 
to go and see for oneself. Nice. I'm, I'm so grateful to you, and I'm so excited for anyone who's actually doing work in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like real work that makes a difference. So thank you for all of your initiatives and, and leadership in the spiritual world. I'd like to get to something. You've, you've written a book. You've written several books, most of the, a couple of them about artists. But you've also written a book called My Journey Through Time, yes? Yes. And yes, that was my own. Um, the, the work that I've done with the artist was really uh, part of my work life. Mm -hmm. This is part of my spiritual work, and it describes the growth of my spiritual work in this world as it emerged from previous experiences of doing past lives. Now, this this it might be where we diverge, because I'm such a huge fan of the work that you're doing, the actual work in the world, where you're creating dialogues and opportunities for people of disparate beliefs and backgrounds to speak to one another. And Clarice, I don't know how you feel about it, but I have serious doubts about reincarnation. And in this spiritual book, you talk about my journey through time, you talk about your previous life experiences. And I love the spiritual message, but I really struggle with this notion of reincarnation. Clarice, just put your cards on the table. How do you feel about reincarnation? I, I'm... I believe in it. Okay, great. So we got one of each. We got one <laughs> doubting uh, Christopher, and we've got a, a true believer, Clarice. What's your experience with reincarnation, and how important has it been to your spiritual growth and development? You know, to me, um, up until I began having the experience, experiences, we started about 20 years ago, it was just a belief. I had intuitions. I felt that I had been around many times before. I, I just, um, there were too many things that I seem to have carried with me in my early life. Uh, uh, I remembered um, dreams that I had as a child and strong interests as a child. And then I saw I had my own children. They came into the world with very strong, distinct interests. And I said, you know, why? Why, why is that? My, my One of my sons, when he was um, a, an infant, had to sleep with a baseball glove. He was obsessed with baseball. Mm. And I thought to myself, why? Why? My other son was obsessed with drumming when he was like a two, three-year-old. Uh, he would drum everywhere, and I thought, why? So I, so I had always believed it. But when I started to have these experiences, which were awakened by things that were happening to me, a man who came into my life began speaking to me in Russian, and memories began to emerge, uh, it became, they became very real experiences. I, I don't see them as past lives. I see them as different chapters in, in, a, whole, in a whole journey of becoming each chapter adding to who you are now. And so to me, it made perfect sense. I, I gave the book to a friend of mine, and she said to me, Dina, I see you in each of these stories. <laughs> I see a personality evolving and developing. So it's, it, it, it's completely um, logical to me, and it makes perfect sense. But I understand if you don't have these experiences, why should you believe it? Mm -hmm. I. I basically have to trust my my experiences my spiritual experiences uh, and the, a lot of these memories came to me in meditation i went to places that i had seen to confirm whether this these places existed and they did um i i, I remembered meeting people from a certain university i had never heard of that university and i checked it out and sure enough that university existed so i i i, I have a rational side that kind of pretty much acted like a detective wanting to go check myself out. I took trips to Prague to see a place I had seen in my memory. I went to Russia to see a place there because my last birth 
was in Russia. And so um, to me, it's just a natural thing, but I, I don't expect people. I think you have to just go by what you know inside to be true and what your experiences are. Have you ever seen the movie Defending Your Life? It's a good one. You should see it. It's old. Charlize. No. Okay. Meryl Streep's in it. And the point they, is? So the point is, yeah, if you're open to it and you're open to seeing it, then you'll see more of it. But if you're closed off to it, I think that you don't get to experience that or have the ability to cr put the pieces together. Well, Dina, how has that notion changed your thinking about death or your experience of death? Are you less afraid because you believe uh, that you've had these experiences and it's all part of the journey or uh, do you feel like no i'm not i'm not excited about death like has it shifted anything for you about your own death or uh, that of others uh, having these experiences um had such an impact on me and that's how i judge spiritual experiences mm -hmm. how they change you if they if they are transformational then i then i think that they're real because they've created some shift in your in your thinking and it, it totally changed my relationship with death um i see death as a passageway when you finish the work that you've set out to do then you move on to a processing period and a planning period for your next birth it also changed my whole perception of cause and effect karma when i realized that we are the creators of our own life that what our, our actions, our thoughts in the past created the conditions that gave, that give rise to our life today, and we are today creating the conditions for our future. There's no arbitrary judge up there who's punishing or rewarding us. We are ourselves directing our, our, our pathway, our journey, and it's for our own awakening. It's not, there's no punishment involved. It's to learn. So things that come, from, difficult challenges that come to us, um, should be seen as, as a way to grow and learn, uh, not as a punishment. Um, so, And I also realized that the strongest force in the universe that transcends death is love. Mm, what because a the people, guides that I've had in the past remain with me. I still feel connected to some of them now. And it was their love that appeared at a certain moment, critical moment in a, at a particular time that saw me through a difficult time. And... Um, Love, the, the strong bonds of love, you meet up with them again and again. It's the strongest force in the universe. There and is. that's the main message that I hope to convey to people. It's beautiful. What a great note for us to end our time together on. The book is My Journey Through Time. Uh, the, the website for Global Peace Initiative of Women is gpiw.org. And the woman is Dina Miriam. Dina, as uh, as we have our waning seconds together, is there a parting thought or shot you'd like to leave us with today? Well, I, the book is available on uh, Amazon, A Journey Through Time, and I hope if people read it, even if they don't believe in reincarnation, it could help them reflect on, on, um, on what their goals are for this life, how they want to shape their future, and to remember that love, love is the strongest force in the universe. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you. It was an absolute thank pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. GPIW.org. We've got to go there right away. Thank you. Sorry for those of you listening live. We're still working out the bugs here with Mr. Ross uh, and our new system here at Accomplishment Media. When we come back, we'll be talking with Sarah Box about her book, The Changemaker Ripple Effect, and 
give you some inspiration. You're listening to The Coaching Show right here on Accomplishment Media. We'll be back in a moment. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovations, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. 